Uh, we're in this series looking at what we're for, what God is for. And last week we looked at how God is, is for people, that, that that's the reason why Jesus came. Jesus came for people to rescue them. And today I'm really encouraged about today. I'm, I'm excited about today's message because um, I want to look at that, that God is, is for us. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. What is, what is the thing that gets us through the trials of our life, the, the, the difficult things that we face here in this world? Because we're never promised that this world was going to be easy. Even Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have, you're going to have difficult times. But he said, take heart, I've overcome the world. And I want to start off this morning with just giving you this scripture that, that Paul speaks to our hearts about the confidence that we can have in God that no matter what you go through, your confidence doesn't have to be shaken. That, that you can stand upon the promises of God with an assurance that no matter what you may face in this world, you know that God is for you. That you have this faith that's beyond yourself, beyond the circumstances, beyond your troubles, that you can say, God is for me. My confidence is in him. Because look at our world today. Anything that happens in our world can disrupt, disrupt things. Whether it's oil, something that goes on over in Syria or in the Middle East, and all of a sudden it disrupts the oil, and then we're paying more at the pump, right? Anything can happen that can disrupt our confidence. We can't be confident in the things of this world because we know that this world is slipping away. But listen to what Paul says. Here's where we have to be in our life. If, and, and I believe that because God is for us, that should give us an assurance that no matter what we face, whatever we may go through, God is on our side. God is with us till the end. And so we can have this assurance and this confidence that we know that we know that we know that God is for us. Amen. So let's see what Romans says here. Here's what Paul, Paul says about our confidence being in the Lord. And listen to what he says here. He says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Everybody say, for the good. Of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us the right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Verse 35. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that we, that, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for, for, for your sake, we are uh, killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I'm convinced. Paul was convinced. We should be convinced. Because of all these things, nothing can separate us from God's love. Listen to the things he says here. All the things that we worry about. All the things that we, that we fret about. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Everybody say amen. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you. But those are some of the most encouraging words in the New Testament given to those who are struggling or maybe struggling with the things in this world. And so I want you to know this morning that God has done everything to reach us. That God wants you to feel secure in your life. That he's got you covered. And, and it's, it's this wonderful feeling to know when someone has your back. Isn't that a wonderful feeling to know? Isn't it, isn't it a wonderful feeling when someone cheers for you? I, I remember um, a Promise Keepers event that uh, our men's group went to in Albany many, many years ago. And as we walked into the arena that seats like 15,000, 20,000 people, there's a lot of men there. As we walked in, into the doors, lined up in the doors were all these women that were cheering all the men for going to this event. It was Ridiculous. It was so cool. So you're walking in, they're all high five. Yeah, thanks for coming to this event. You go. Let God do something great in your heart. I'm crying as I'm walking before anything even started because they were cheering us on. There's something about somebody cheering us on. I, I remember Wesley, our one son, played a lot of sports. And, and, and when they play football, they can't really hear you cheering. But when they play basketball, you're like right on the court sometimes and they can hear you, hear you cheering. And I remember asking Wesley one time, I go, Are we, do we kind of embarrass you when we cheer? Because we don't want to embarrass you, you know I mean? Because it gets, I know your mom gets a little crazy with her pom-poms. And, you know, if no one can't do it, Wesley can. You know, it gets a little crazy. And then, and then the, he, he, go, he uh, graduated from the Charles Finney School. But he, um, on the basketball team there, uh, the kids made up this thing that said, Yes, Wes. They had all these nicknames. So then my parents get these T-shirts that say, Yes, Wes. I go, are your grandparents embarrassed or anything with a Yes West t-shirt? Is that going a little overboard? And I remember just saying, Wesley goes, no, I love it. I love that you guys are cheering for me. And that's, I, I want you to think this way. God's in heaven and he's got Yes t-shirts for all of us. He's cheering for you. If, if God had a refrigerator in heaven, your picture's on it. He's got your picture on his refrigerator. I want you to realize that God is for us. I think sometimes we forget about that. I think sometimes we may feel like, man, I disappoint God so much. Is God pleased with me? Am I a disappointment to the Lord? And, and I believe that, listen, we need to live our lives to God's glory. But I want you to realize that God, he's done everything to reach you. And he wants you to feel secure in your relationship with him by what Jesus Christ has done for you, not by your performance. Thank God that we don't earn our salvation by our performance. We earn it because of the grace of God that comes through Christ Jesus for us. So I want you to know that God has supplied everything for you in Christ Jesus. He wants your identity 
to be in Jesus. And when your identity is in Christ, it doesn't matter what you may go through. You know that you are secure in your relationship with Christ and he is going to see you through. And so I believe that God is cheering for us, that God wants the best for us and that, that, that he wants us to know and experience everything about Jesus and the relationship that we can have with him. What if you really knew that God was for you? That you knew that nothing could separate you from his love? What if you really knew that? What if we really truly experienced that? How would it change the way we live our lives? How would it change our faith? How would it change the trials we face? How would it change the setbacks in our lives and the disappointments that we face? What if things didn't get better, but we had a faith to believe that God was with us and that he would never leave us? An unshakable faith. What if we had a peace through all of it with no worries and anxieties? Can we experience something like that in our lives? Could we get to that place in our life where we could just have this confidence in God, knowing that he was with us that no matter what we face, God is for us and my confidence is in him. Can we get to that place in our life? I believe we can. I believe Paul shows us that we can have this unshakable faith in God, but it comes from understanding what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so I believe that God wants us to experience this and wants us to know this. That God has our future and that with Christ, our future is secure. And so he wants you to know that he wants to take care of you, that he's not going to let you go. What if we had this kind of confidence? This is the kind of confidence that Paul wrote about to the Philippian church when he was in prison, not knowing if he would die for his faith. And this is what he said in Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, this is what he was confident of, that he that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He's faithful to complete what he started. How many of you, you know someone that, that they just have this faith in God, that they pray and they just have this peace. Um, those are the people that I love to have pray for me, that they, they just have this solid confidence that God is with them. They have this incredible faith. And I remember um, for years, there was a lady that was part of our church and she was blind because of complications of, of, of diabetes. Her name was Marilyn Clement and she was here at the church when I first came 18 years ago and she died some years ago. But, but she just had this unshakable faith in God even through her difficult times. You knew she was praying for you. And every time I had a prayer, because I just, I just, you know, it's kind of like Ruth Brooks. You just want, you just want to, you want her praying for you, you know, and, and, and pray for Ruth. She fell and she cracked her her, her uh, pelvis and she's going to be out of commission. So if you don't see her, don't think she's backsliding. Okay, she's, uh, she's got a rest, but she's getting better. So keep, keep Ruth in, in, in your prayers. We miss it when she's not here. But there's this, this unshakable faith that Marilyn had that I just love to be around. It was infectious. It was just like, Pastor, God's going to do it. God's going to be faithful. Don't, don't worry about it. Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. I love being around those type of people. She believed God. She wasn't shaken. And when she prayed, it was powerful. What kind of faith would it take? I believe that God just doesn't want us to have faith. I believe God wants us to have big faith. Because we have a big God. 
That God is incredible that he desires to do things on our behalf that we don't even comprehend sometimes. I, wanna, I, I want you to know that God wants that for you. That he wants you to have a trust in him that, that no matter what you go through, he is going to be with you. That he will give you a peace that this world cannot shake. So, so this is what Paul is, is saying to the Romans. But what is the thing that shakes our faith at times. What is the thing? Because there are definitely things in our life that just rattle us and, and cause us to lose our ways at time. And I believe there, there are things that we try to strive for that we think falsely is going to bring us peace and security. And here, and, and I don't care how long, if, whether you've been serving the Lord for a short time or for a long time, there's just, I think there's three key things that can thwart the work of God and God's faith in our life and believing that God can do anything in our lives because we, we look to wrong things to find security. I believe one of those things is, is money. We, we just think that money will bring security, which will bring peace. If, if I, you know, we, we get this, if I just had, if, if I just had a little more money or health, we think, well, health will bring security, which will bring me peace, peace. If my health was just better or success success will bring security which will bring peace um if i could just be the best at this but none of these things can truly bring peace why because every single one of these things is temporal and when we put our trust in those things it may work for a while but ultimately it won't give you true confidence for your life See, if, if money, if I just had a little more money, Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, those who love money will never have what? Enough. They will never, ever have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth can bring true happiness. It will never be enough. Health. I think if I could just be healthy, you know, but how many knows the older we grow, the more our bodies will, will break down. I just turned 52 last uh, Friday and, uh, you know, I'm just getting old, man. I'm just telling you. Isn't it funny? Have you ever done this? You, you watch like an old TV program or an old movie and then all of a sudden you see that actor or actress now and you're like, wow, they've gotten really old, right? Like, wow. What happened to them? They didn't even look the same. And then all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you're like, wait a minute, I've gotten really old too, right? We, we, we know that, that, uh, that, that death is inevitable and that we're growing older. Um, James 4.14, James says this, yet do you not know what tomorrow will bring? You don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a time and then it what? It vanishes. And how much trust do we put in those things? Like, you remember, you know, when you were younger, just think, oh, I'm going to live forever. It's just wonderful, right? And then the older you get, the more you, your, your mortality comes into view. You know, it was, it was on the missions trip, there was this, when we were working on the church, there was a, 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 a nine or 10 foot beam. And so at the end of the workday, you know, all the guys are, are just our testosterone's flowing. It's the macho thing of Blaine Brick and working on a construction site and the tool belts. It's just the testosterone was flowing. So we're trying to see who could grab the, the beam, who could jump up and grab it. So the younger bucks on the group, they're grabbing the beam. They're doing pull-ups. And then, and then the Panamanian, the local Panamanians, they're like, oh, let me see if I can do it. They could grab it. So I'm like, oh, I could grab that beam. I could do it. 
There's no problem. It's not that high. I didn't even come close. I was like this far. I jumped like that far off the ground. I'm like, what happened? You know, it's just, and so we realize just, but we can't we can't depend on that because we realize that life is fleeting. And then success, because many times we view success, we, we look at our net worth, it equals our self-worth. We we think the more I'm worth, the more it equals my self-worth. And 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 Jesus says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? What good is it if you gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? So here's, here's what I want us to see this morning. How can we have a confidence in God and not, and not misplace our assurance in things that don't deliver or don't last? Now, should we be healthy? Sure. Does God want us to be successful? Sure, why not? I mean, is it okay to accumulate wealth? That's fine. But if I'm putting my trust in those things for my identity, those things could be gone tomorrow. Somebody say Amen. Our health could change in a quick, we could, we could lose our wealth. These things can all change in an instant. And if I'm putting my hope in those things for my future, I could be gravely mistaken. And so God doesn't want us to put our hope in those things. He wants us to put our confidence in him. So let, I, what I want to do is I want to just, just this morning, real quickly, just extract three things out of Romans 8 that can give us big faith and confidence in God for any Situation, And I just want to look at just a couple things that Paul brings out that I hopefully will just give you some confidence today. One of the things that Paul brings out in this passage is he says, God works all things for his good. I think this is one of the most misunderstood passage that we may know in the New Testament. Because that's something that we kind of always go to when we're going through a difficult time. It's kind of a good like um, patch scripture to give somebody when they're going through difficult times. Go, hey, but God works all things for his good, right? And it's kind of like you're trying to put a Band-Aid on someone's wound, right? And so we're trying to say, well, what does that actually mean? What does it mean? Instead of just a, a, a scripture, we just throw at people when they're going through a difficult time or we're going, well, God works all things for good for those who have been called according to his love. What does that actually mean? Because I think it's important for us to understand the background here because it's tough for us to understand. Because the question is, When I'm going through a bad time or evil has come against me, Paul says your confidence needs to be in this, that God works some things or all things, all things for his good. So you're like, wait a minute. Let let me, let me digest it. Let me get this into my brain. You're telling me, pastor, you're telling me how can evil or bad things work For God's good. How does the bad things in my life work for good? Or the bad things that I have, that have happened in me in the past, work for my good? Here's where our roots begin to grow deeper in the things of life. Because what we tend to do is our roots in the Lord tend to be about an inch deep. They're not very deep because what happens is when the difficult things in our lives come, it's going to reveal to us how deep our faith is and where our confidence is in God. So it's okay for us to go through those difficult times. I was watching the news last night and they said, the problem with the wind that's coming out of the east is this. The trees in our area are not used to the wind coming out of the east because the prevailing winds come out of the what? Okay, I'm a little bit, I geek out over 
meteorologist. I geek out just a little bit. So what happens, this was what the meteorologist said last night. He goes, the roots are stronger on that side because the trees brace themselves for the westerly wind. If you go up to the Adirondacks and you go on a mountain and you see the wind, a lot of the trees are bent that way. They're still standing, but the roots are firm. But if it comes out of these, the roots aren't that attached as well. And so they could easily tip over. They could easily fall over, be uprooted. Hmm. When the trials of life come into our life, it's going to reveal how deep our roots are. So what Paul is saying here is you need to understand that God works out all things for his good. For his good. And so we have to understand what does that mean? What, what is Paul saying and what, what is Paul not saying? Well, Paul is saying that bad things will happen and God will work them out for good. Bad things will happen in our lives. Just because we become a Christian doesn't mean all of a sudden we're on this wonderful road of, of no trials. And nothing turbulent in our life. Just the opposite is true. He's not saying that bad things are good. It's not what Paul's saying. He's not, he's not saying that bad things are good. He's not saying, oh, well, let me just trick my mind into saying, well, this thing is really good. No, it's not. It's, it's bad. He's not promising us that we will have better circumstances. He's not saying, okay, this bad thing that's happened in your life, I'm going to play with you for a while, and then in a week I'm going to turn it around to a good thing. So we just kind of sit back and are okay, God, I'm waiting. Okay, this bad thing's happened. Okay, okay, let me wait. Maybe I'll wait a week or two and just kick back and just wait for that thing to turn. So just show me. We may not know. We, we may not know in the near future what God is going to do. But here's the promise I want you to see. Here's where we need to be careful. God will work them for good. God will work them for good in your life. How many of you would say that death is a bad thing? It's it's a bad thing. Let's all be honest. It's not a good thing. It brings sadness. It brings loneliness. It brings pain. Jesus, when he came to Lazarus' death, didn't jump up and down and say, this is a good thing. He wept. He saw it. He saw the pain that death brings because of sin, the result of sin. And that's exactly why Jesus came, to conquer that pain for us. Jesus hated what death has done to us, and that's why he conquered it for us. So death is bad, but Jesus does what? He works it for good by raising Lazarus from the grave, showing that he has the power over it. So this is what Paul says. Not even death can separate you from the love of God. Somebody say amen. Woo. I'm going to get excited because my orange juice was expired this morning. So I'm going to get a little excited today. Okay. See, here's what Paul. Paul isn't saying that if you, if you love God, the bad things aren't really bad. That in fact, they really are good things. What Paul is saying is God will take the bad things and work them for good according to his purpose. And here's where the trust comes in. I may never know why I was taken through that certain situation and I shouldn't try to burden myself to try to figure it out. See, I think what happens in our lives, we try to figure out, well, why, what was God's will or why? And, and, and we just, 
And, th- and then we say to ourselves, well, maybe when I get to heaven, I'll ask God, why did these things happen in my life? Why, why did this death occur when it did? Why did this pain? You know what? When we get to heaven, here's what I think now. Can I just tell you what I think? We're not going to care. At that point, we're just in heaven with Jesus and we're not going to care anymore. But for some reason, we burden ourselves with all these things because we're trying to figure out God's will. We don't know, but here's where the trust comes in. All, I do know this. What Paul says that God works all things for his good. And God's not playing a game with us. So that we're, we're looking at the very bad things in our lives. And that we're just trying to see how God's going to turn it into good. We may never know, but we do know this. That God will use it for his purposes. And I need to trust him for that. No matter how difficult it might be. I've got to trust God. That's where my confidence is. See, God wants to use those things to change us completely. That we might trust him even when it doesn't make sense. And this is where I fall back on the character of God. I must lean heavenly on the character of God when I don't understand the certain things that have happened in my life. When they don't make sense. This is where I fall back on the character of God, that God is good. I love what Tim Keller says here. He says, Paul tells us that if we follow Christ, our bad things turn out for good. Our good things can never be lost. And our best things are yet to come. Our best things are yet to come. That's big faith. That's confident faith. Faith that the best things are yet to come. To come. And that's where I have to put my faith. God, I may, not, I may not understand, but I know you're working these things for your good. You are with us. The second thing I want you to see there is that, is that Paul, Paul says that God will always be on our side. He's never going to leave us or, 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 or forsake us. And how can we be confident in this? It, 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 he, he begins to explain why our confidence should not be in ourselves and why our confidence should be in Christ. Because in Christ, we are no longer found guilty. We are forgiven. And he actually says no charge can actually be brought against us. Which for those that are in Christ Jesus, there is no more condemnation. So the guilt and the condemnation that I feel over my past are just whispers of the enemy to try to, to, try to say things to me that aren't true. And so when we come and we humble ourselves before Christ and we trust him with our lives and believe that he died for our sins, that only in Christ can we find forgiveness, something happens, something happens, our status changes from, from, from being guilty and condemned to being innocent and acquitted. And so Paul says, you are now adopted children and nothing can change that status when you are in Christ. Christ will not leave us. See, the, the scriptures call Satan an accuser and that, that he will try to condemn us and make us feel like we're not worthy or God is not trustworthy or, or he'll try to convince us that we are no longer children of God. But Paul makes this incredible claim. If God is for us, who can be against us? So when we hear these whispers of condemnation and guilt, that's not coming from God. That's coming from the enemy to try to separate us from the confidence that we now have in Christ. God is the one who makes us right before him. And no one can take that away from us. No one. No accusations from the enemy. No accusations from people in the world. No one can take that 
away from us. So how does knowing this make our faith big? Well, it helps us to know that our relationship with God can never change no matter what Satan may try to condemn us of. Through Christ, God has chosen us to be his own. I am now an adopted child of God with all the same rights and privileges that Jesus Christ gives us. That Romans 8, 17 says we are now co-heirs with Christ. We have a bright future with Christ and nothing can change that. God is for us. And the last thing I, I want you to see what, what Paul brings out there is that I love this. Um, it says this. It says that nothing can separate us from Christ's love. That nothing can separate us from Christ's love. Ver, verse 35, um, you know, we, we, we may, I like verse 35 because we may think when we go through a difficult time, maybe God has given up on us or, or doesn't care. And I think usually that's the first thing, like, God, have you, and we've all gone through this, God, have you abandoned me? Or God, why am I going through this? Or why did this happen in my life? And, and, and we may go back to this where, where we feel like maybe God doesn't, doesn't care. Maybe God has a deaf ear to us. But Paul reminds us that even in the most difficult circumstances in our lives, no matter what we go through, this is our confidence that our victory is through Christ who conquered the grave for us. And despite all the setbacks in our lives, we are still loved. And that Paul reminds us that God will never, ever, ever, ever give up on us. What if, what if you just understood that? That God is not going to give up on you. We may give up on God at times. You know, that's, that's why I love, you know, the prodigal son story that the father saw the son coming. He, he didn't give up. He didn't, he didn't give up. He saw him coming first. And, 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 and look at verse 38 and 39. This, I love verse 38 and 39. It says, nothing can separate us. See, what is the great equalizer of all people? It's death. We all will die, but not even death can separate us from the love of God. And I think that's why we fear death so much because it separates us from those that we love. There's this finality we feel that we'll never see that person again, but not, not so for those that are in Christ Jesus, that we will be with them forever, that we will be with Christ forever. And this is our confidence to be absent from the body means to be united with Christ. And so at the end of the day, do we really have anything to really fear or fret? You know, if an asteroid just comes right now and just hits the earth, hits Ontario, do we have anything to worry about? For those in Christ Jesus, we just know my confidence is in the Lord and we're just going to heaven. Okay, sounds good, right? We, we don't, that's, that's, my God, if I get in a plane and the plane goes down, all right, I'm going to be with the Lord. I hope everybody else is with too. Who wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Now would be a really good time if you'd like to do that. See, this is our confidence. To be absent in the body means to be united with Christ. We have nothing to worry about. Let me finish with this, um, th- this story. I, I was pretty just interested in the story um, Many of you know the, the stories about 9-11, and um, one story that came out of 9-11 was the story of Lisa Beamer, whose husband was Tom Beamer, who made the famous Let's Roll uh, quote. 
on, on United Flight 93 um, as it went down because of the terrorist attack. And um, she was a believer. And I loved some of the things she said about what she went through after this horrific trial. When she was younger, um, just a little girl, she lost her dad from an aneurysm. And so she said for like five years, she just, God had to really work on her faith because she lost her father at such a, a young age. And I want to read just a couple quotes of what God was doing in her heart even after this tragic thing of, of losing her husband. And she was a believer. And how she embraced the sovereignty of God that only through God could she find strength and hope. So let me just read a couple of things that she said here. She goes, she says, if we believe wholeheartedly each moment that our destiny rests in the hands of Jesus Christ, the one with ultimate love and ultimate power, what do we have to be concerned about? Of course, our humanity clouds this truth many times, but hanging on to the glimpses of it keeps everything in perspective. She says, my faith wasn't rooted in governments, religion, tall buildings, or frail people. Instead, my faith and my security were in God. After her father suffered an aneurysm at work, tells the story of how he died the next morning in the hospital. This is what she said. She goes, when my father died, my, my faith wasn't as easy anymore. Um, I spent five years asking why, expressing my anger, saying it's not fair. Before God helped me realized that he is who he is all the time, in good circumstances and in bad, that he is all-powerful and all-loving. But that doesn't mean that as citizens of this fallen world, he protects us from every bad event. But she goes, I knew that God was with me all the time and he strengthened me through this. The takeaway I want you to look at this morning is how might these three things that we looked at today, how might those three things change the way you're looking at your life or the trials that you may be facing right now? You might be going to bed at night and these things are just hanging on your head or maybe you have just this fear. Maybe you've been battling with this fear for a long time of whatever it might be, whatever the fear might be, and you've been battling with it. God wants to, he wants to give you peace in those areas. I mean, it's not that we're not concerned or we don't pray about it. But you know what prayer is? Prayer is handing things off to God. See, the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, to worry about don't worry about anything, but with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It guards our hearts from the accusations of the enemy or the doubt that can come into our hearts. It, it guards our mind from running from one extreme to the other. That's the peace that God wants to give us. It says to cast all our anxieties. It's, it, the, the picture there is like a, a fishing net that you're casting out into the water. You're casting that thing. You're, you're taking that burden or you're, you're laying it on the back of a donkey or a horse and, and, and letting them take the burden of, of that load upon them to carry it. Jesus, cast that onto me. And there's a great 
there's a great uh, transfer that happens in our lives where we give that burden to the Lord and then he gives us his peace and security. But, but with Paul here, if we, don't, if we don't understand that God is good all the time, if, if, if we don't understand that he's working all things out for his good, if, if we don't understand that I can trust him through these things, even in the bad things, that bad circumstances are going to happen. Because when bad things happen, we always think, did I do something wrong? You may not have done anything wrong. God is just allowing us to go through those situations so that our faith can grow deeper in him. He's working it deeper into your life. Can I trust him with my life enough to believe it? Just like Lisa Beamer, trusting God, even through that horrible situation. Can I trust you enough with my life to know God that you're working all things for your good? Can I trust you? That's when your faith begins to get big. And your God stops being this little God that you put in a little box and he becomes a big God in your life. Not just a genie in a bottle that you go to once in a while to get you out of trouble. But a God that you express your love and faith to every single day. That God, you're going to be with me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe. And I'm not going to let this circumstance get the best of me because I know you're a big God. And I can trust you today. That my life is secure in Christ Jesus for what he did for me. And Jesus conquered the grave just as Paul expressed to the Romans so my hope is in a living savior that's done everything for me so my question to you today is where is your trust let God be a big God in your heart let your faith become big and your trust in the Lord no matter what you're going through today and just realize that God is working all things for his good He's got it under control. You can trust him. Put your faith in him. He wants to show you his glory and his love and his protection each and every day, but it takes us to take that step of faith to trust him with the very things of our life. So when people look at you and say, man, how, how are you getting through this? That was the one thing Lisa Beamer said. She goes, with all the services and stuff that went on after... 9-11. She was the one thing that bothered me the most and the thing that I, I was most sad about was not necessarily losing my husband, which was difficult and tragic, but it was how everybody else was dealing with the death. She goes, you saw the hopelessness in people that didn't have a purpose in their life, that didn't know Christ. She goes, that was the thing that was most disheartening. God wants us to know his son and have complete confidence in him. That nothing, nothing, nothing can ever separate us from his wonderful love. Amen? I want you to stand this morning. We're going we're gonna to close in, in that song today. And I hope that's your confidence today. And as you, whatever you may be going through today, my prayer for you today is that your confidence would be in the Lord today. So let's just pray and as we just close in song today and get ready to taste some great coffee. I smell it right now. We're pumping the coffee and now it just smells so good. I want to pray for you today. So with your, your heads bowed, how many of you say, Pastor Barden, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I, need, I need faith in the situation I'm going through in my life today. I'm struggling and I, I, need, I need that faith. My, my confidence has been kind of wavering. And um, 
I just need God's reassurance in my heart again. I want, I want to express you reach out to Christ today and allow him to be your confidence today, even with what you're going through today. And let his love and his grace just permeate your heart today. So Lord, as we just, as we just come before you today and as we just worship you and as we just sing this song today in closing, just your glory and what you've done, God, and how nothing can separate us from your love. Let, let it just be the confidence in our heart knowing that Christ has secured everything for us. So I pray for everyone here today that may be struggling. Lord, I pray that you would just overshadow them today with a new confidence and a new hope that they're not going to gain from this world, but only through Christ. Thank you for the hope that you give us through Jesus today. We love you and we thank you. And we ask these things in your wonderful name. And all God's children said, amen.